Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right. Welcome back in, everybody. This is uh, it's been a long time coming over the last twenty four hours. Fitz, welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here. Uh, I thought we would spend most of our time time today talking about Colin Klein. We will, uh, but then we get the Naquan Tomlin situation escalating and dropped into our lap yesterday. You've made your thoughts on this very publicly known. Uh, that you are blaming Richard Linton, right, without the support, really, of the basketball program. Have you talked to anybody in the last 12 hours or so that would give you any clearer indication that there is maybe a divide among the top here on this? Uh, The last 12 hours, it's like every waking hour, I give more information that makes this more disturbing to me um, about a president that, kind of went rogue. I don't know. I mean, it's in his power to do this, but uh, he told everyone he wasn't going to do this. If this was an athletics manner, and then all of a sudden he does intervene, uh, I will say with 100% confidence that that release yesterday um, from Gene Taylor announcing the decision was uh, he was ordered to do. Now, what the consequences for not doing it, uh, or, uh, I don't know if, you know, you'd say no to your boss. I can guess the consequences. Um, but it was a, it was a CYA moment for the president and kind of sums up this situation about a guy who, uh, refused to meet with the student athlete that he was banning from playing basketball at Kansas state without ever meeting the young man. And it, it, it's, this situation is bizarre beyond belief. The last thing I want to do, Fitz, is, you know, pile on to the fan base. This is not the fan base's fault at all, but the select few right. fans that went to the president's residence to protest, those things typically don't turn out very well, right? Like, at what point was, do you think there was a thought that, okay, like, this is a good idea for us to go and protest at his home. Because at that point, the president then kind of has to show strength, right? He's not going to cave 
to some students. He's not going to cave to some fans. You know, he's got to, I guess, maybe do the opposite in that situation, right? Well, let's get some clarification. I, I don't know that anyone actually went to his residence. His residence is on campus, just down the hill from Anderson Hall, the, where he works academically. And kind of to the side, but between those two, is Bosco Plaza, where the um, it's kind of like they're one of their free speech areas. And the video I saw was the, the students were on campus in Bosco Plaza, not really in front of his home. Maybe someone was in front of his home. I don't know, but I didn't see that. Uh, but, again, that is also on campus. So, um yeah, I, you know, these are students trying to help. Um, it, it's amazing. Uh, let, let's back up. Let's back up and say that I shared this information, what was going on um, with my subscribers behind our paywall. Someone took that from behind my paywall and sent it to the president, who then used that as leverage uh, to admonish people who had not spoken to me about this situation, were not my, quote, sources, but they felt threatened by the university president for even talking to a reporter at any. I don't, I don't understand, you know, why he decided that was the point of escalation, but um, I, I don't know about the protests. They will continue. This is not over uh, for the university president. Um, and I think it just takes on a new phase now. Fitz, what is, well, I, 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 let me let me take this in two parts. Number one, what is at issue here? Because we know Tomlin, it was weird before the season started and before the bar fight, right? There was something going on there. He was he was like absent from things, and then all of a sudden he was there at media day or whatever that was, and then you had the bar fight. So is the issue at play in all of this strictly based on the disorderly conduct or is there something else here that is making this more complicated? Well, they, they kind of muddied the water with bringing up NCAA stuff yesterday right. that I, I honestly don't understand what they were bringing up. Uh, I, and again, I think his effort now uh, through his, you know, people who believe his side or want to support him is to spread misinformation, which is you know, a great sign of leadership. Um, I've let a, read a lot of false information. Um, I've read a, a information that honestly, you know, people need to be aware that they can't just say whatever they want to on Twitter. Um, there are slander laws. So um, I, I just think this has devolved into something really ugly, but yeah, this, this, was, this isn't a good moment for Richard Linden, as I said. It's it's now escalated to the highest level of donors at K State, and uh, his 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 time at K State, even if he survives this, will never be the same. He's altered his own trajectory with this move. You know, Tim, uh, there's been a lot of talk. You mentioned uh, everybody being loud on social media talking about it, and of course, the release from Gene Taylor yesterday. The one person that's been very quiet is Jerome Tang. Do you have any kind of indication over the last 24 hours on where Jerome Tang stands on all of this? Uh, we haven't heard any kind of statement from him, nothing on social media, no interviews, nothing like that. Do you have an idea on his mindset right now? Yeah, I do. I mean, not, you know, I, I know Jerome, and uh, I'm not going to say publicly I talked to him because everyone there's a lot of threats being made behind the scenes. So... I'll say that uh, they they know the kid screwed up in a way. They know he had legal obligations that had to be addressed. 
Uh, the last thing Jerome Tang is is soft. The last thing Jerome Tang wants to do is bring in bad people just to win games. Um, but he also doesn't want to make uh, what was legally defined as disorderly conduct as a reason to expel a young man from a, a basketball program. Keep in mind, he's not expelled as a student for this off-campus incident. He's expelled as a basketball player. Um, so it's um, – I think he's hurt because even while this was going on, they wanted to keep him around his support, you know, structure. They didn't want him to get in a situation where he started to spiral sitting in an apartment alone because now he can't hang out with his teammates he doesn't have the guidance of his coaches. He's a kid from New York City that's now sitting in the wrong Manhattan um, with no one around him in a in a really stressful time. But that's what the president wanted. The president wanted him com- completely cut loose from the program with no contact. So I, it, I have multiple sources that have told me that uh, there was an incident before the game against Villanova with him and the coaching staff, and after the game uh, when everyone was celebrated in including Naquan Tomlin climbing into the stands, um, you know, with, with the students, that while we all saw a great basketball victory um, against a really well-known team, a national brand, a thrilling game, Richard Linton saw a, quote, spectacle to make me look bad. Um, and, and that's just where it's become. It's become about him uh, more than Naquan. Uh, I'm the boss. I'm going to make the decision, even if it's the wrong one, is – kind of the indications I'm getting from everyone. And uh, I think, uh, back to Jerome Tang, I think there's just a great deal of dismay and uh, a loss of faith in the leadership above you that is paying your bills, paying your salary. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I you, you've talked to people. I have not, but I have worked with and seen enough of the administrators at that level act this way that none of that surprises me. Um, it happens all the time, and it, it blows my mind. I, I would say that, you know, that level of college administrator are among some of the largest egos I've ever been around professionally, so that doesn't surprise me. But it also, like, I, I wouldn't think that that also surprises Jerome Tang. This, you know, administration has given him a lot of financial support and a lot of other things. Is this really something you think that could compromise the long-term future of something that before the last, you know, 48 hours or so seemed so rock solid. Yeah, yeah, it, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm just, this is something I post on social media. I mean, he's not going to leave over this. Look, if you're in a job where your boss doesn't have your back, your boss undermines you, your boss says, hey, take care of this, and then all of a sudden, no, you don't get to take care of it, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm if you don't feel like you're supported and you feel like you're under fire, you got to get out of there. And, and I've witnessed this firsthand with Frank Martin and an AD. Um, you know, you, you just can't have a boss that that is undermining your program for their own ego. And, and that's I, I know Richard Linton's convinced himself this is for the university, uh, but really, from what I'm told from those, you know, that have been privy to a lot of this incident, is that. It became about how will this look, and it really was about how does this look for me? I got to be the boss. I got to be in charge. I, I can't let this be Alabama or, you know, another school where these things are shrugged off. And it's like everyone's saying, President, this is a disorderly conduct charge. 
this was a bar incident off campus. What? No. So it's, it's insanity to me. It's insanity, and, and like I said, I don't think it's over. It's just kind of moving into a new phase. You know, Fitz, uh, I think my most shocking takeaway from all of this it kind of follows what you said at the top when you mentioned that, you know, Jerome Tang is the furthest thing away from being soft. I think it would be different if Jerome Tang was soft and the president had said, look, I've got to step in because our head basketball coach, you know, isn't willing to throw discipline out, you know, at players when they screw up. He had Will McNair not play in a game. What was that last week? Because I guess what he maybe missed class. Right? Like, he didn't play in a game because of that. Like, Jerome Tang is probably the the one guy I think of when it comes to consequences for his players and holding standards of a program. And so that's why I think it's so shocking that the president, it looks like, has inserted himself into this situation because Jerome Tang has a track record of holding impeccable standards for his program. I'm with you, man. That, that's, that's, I mean, that's perfectly put. That's why all of us are like, uh, you know, the, some coaches need to be told, no, you got to suspend this guy. This, but there was no ever any doubt that he was going to be suspended. He needed to be suspended. As Jerome Tang has said many times at press conferences, uh, if, if you love your children, you discipline them when they need to be disciplined. That's part of the structure of loving someone. You want them to become better. Um, and, you know, he's, he's pretty adamant that, that this was never going to be, you know, just swept under the rug and ignored. That's not at all what was going to take place. But um, he's already sat, he sat out eight games before the president finally uh, ordered this to, you know, be ended uh, because it's making him look bad. And, and uh, you know, I, I just think it's, again, a horribly unfair situation. But, the number one thing Jerome Tang wants right now for Naquan is to get his, his degree. To get, he graduates in December. Um, and Naquan, nobody in his family has ever graduated from college. And this would be, you know, generational possibly changing, in, you know, to get that degree. So that's the entire effort at this point. He, he, Naquan's not technically his player anymore, but no man is going to tell Jerome Tang who he can love and care for. And that's, that will continue to be Naquan. Well, look, he can transfer and play right away, too, if he wants to, and you kind of hope he does. And, and, you know, there's a team right down the road that could probably use a player like him. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, we want the best for him just like everybody else does. The other big story yesterday, Fitz, Colin Klein, I, you know, I, what? I didn't think I was crazy. <laughs> I didn't think I was crazy when I said Texas A&M money is for real. I don't think, to me, this doesn't seem, and I'm sure the money is great for Colin Klein, but, man, if he goes to A&M, has success for a year or two, he's going to be a head coach in the SEC. Like, to me, this yeah. I, I know it stings, but that makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we still don't know the financial numbers. Uh, you know, there's still been no public announcement from A&M, even though it's, it's a done deal. Uh, maybe there has been this morning. I don't know. I'm on the road. Um but we've heard numbers are going to be enormous. Some have whispered it might be the he might be the highest paid college football coach in history. Um, as of the day of the signing, someone else in the SEC will up it by a dollar. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm say I feel safe. You'll be near doubling his salary, if not well over that, uh, in going. 
money's not everything, but let's let's back up and look at this. He got offered by Notre Dame, um, a really good offer by a really good young coach. Uh, we're talking about a guy who's gone to an ag and engineering school who is a very, very strong Christian. I didn't see a Catholic setting as, you know, maybe the most comfortable fit for him. And then he, you know, talked to Penn State. I, I don't know that he was offered. That was part of the report out of Houston. i got to be honest. I don't know that he was offered. I know James Franklin knows him. I mean, he'll recruit him to K-State. Um, so I think there was conversation there. Uh, but uh, he felt like that wasn't a fit. A&M is an ag and engineering school. Um, you know, there's – it's kind of a traditional, you know, I don't want to say rural because that's not really right. But when you're in ag and engineering school, you got to feel about you. Uh, and it's I think pretty he felt rural. comfortable. I think he really, yeah, he, I think he really enjoyed Mike Elko. I, I think they hit it off, and everyone around that said that's exactly the kind of guy Colin would like. He's like Chris Kleiman. So um, I think that's, you know, it's a good fit financially, and you nailed it, buddy. If, if he has a huge year, if that A&M offense flourishes, and A&M's like a, you know, a breakout program in the SEC, that next SEC job, he's going to be on that short list. And he wasn't going to be that coming out of Kansas State. So there's a lot of good moves here by Colin, and K-State will be just fine. So from a financial point of view, and not even talking about the salaries and all of that, I mean, we know that A&M, generally speaking, has a ton of money, especially when it comes to the NIL efforts and, and all of that. So I, I know that really when you compare – any other university for the most part, especially outside of the SEC, to what A&M can offer from an NIL perspective, it doesn't compare. But is there a scenario in your mind where there were, and I don't know if there have been any kind of struggles in the NIL space at Kansas State in this regard, but it's clearly got to be a massive step up as far as resources for players from Kansas State to you know, him moving to A&M, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that all that the entire coaching staff is going to have to wrestle with at A&M was the overuse of the NIL, uh, you know, collecting players like trophies and not fitting them together in a team atmosphere. The locker room was a mess. The egos were all out of control because most of the roster was all about NIL. How much you get? Um, and that's just not a conducive environment to build a team. Um, and it's, it unfortunately, I think, was a big miscalculation. But there's no doubt A&M has unlimited resources, apparently, uh, to try to win football. Uh, of course, there's $75 million lighter on that unlimited uh, because of Jimbo Fisher's contract. But uh, they, they are proof that throwing money at problems doesn't fix it. There's you know often deeper problems here. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be able to get players. Uh, he's going to be out there recruiting the very elite quarterbacks in, you know, the, in the high school ranks, and we'll see if uh, – We may have just lost Fitz there. Um, Fitz, do we still have you? Yeah, we may have just lost him. The the, the other part of that, um, Jad, if we can reconnect quickly, I want to ask him about is Avery Johnson, of yeah. course. Um, so uh, we'll see if we can't uh, reconnect with Fitz real quick here. I know he's on the road uh, to get that piece. If not, we'll 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 figure it out at a later date. But to the to the stuff with Tomlin prior. I think that, you know, this is this is all very inside baseball, right? There's a lot of things, and, and apparently Fitz is involved in some of that. None of this is 
out of the realm of things that I've seen before, Tommy, with with the way that, you know, uh, universities are there. All right, Fitz, do we still have you? Yeah, I apologize. Um, no, you're good. We know you're on the road. Yeah, I, just I can't. I can't before, remember before I we before we before we potentially lose you again. The other piece of this is Avery Johnson. You're reporting at least yeah. as far as go power cat that I've seen is everything with Avery for mm-hmm. now is rock solid. Is that is that accurate? Good to go yeah. for next year. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we'd have to take everything in one year chunks here, but you know, all good on the Avery front. Yep. Um, if you're not following our YouTube channel at Go, go Powercat YouTube, uh, get over there. I've got a daily delivery video on this. He's not going anywhere. He's fired up for this opportunity. He's a starting quarterback for the bowl game in the near future at Kansas State. Um, and, you know, he literally everyone in the quarterback room left uh, because Avery's presence is, is so dominating in terms of skill set. Um, so there's no worry about that. You know, Fitz, I wonder uh, with – Klein, you know, I, I, we talked about it the other day, actually yesterday after he made the decision that, you know, he could be, we talked about having a huge year and then being able to be a head coach in the SEC or, you know, somewhere else. I know you know Colin better than obviously we do. Is the ultimate goal for him to be the head coach at Kansas State University or is it to be a head coach at a major program? And, and I wonder, like, we don't know how long Chris Kleiman will be in that position. If that's a, another five years, 10 years, whatever that looks like is Colin motivated to come back to Manhattan to lead the program for a long time, or does he want to be a head coach of just a prominent program? Um, I, I think he would love to be the head coach of Kansas state, but you know, the current head coach just signed an eight year deal um, uh, is, is young uh, to me, at least he's young, he's, you know, in his early to mid fifties. Um, but, you know, also, you just never know how a coach feels about the NIL transfer portal environment. Now he's basically managing, you know, you become a general manager of a professional football team as well as being a head coach in some ways. It's just the, the workload is just spiraled out of control for these coaches. Um, but, yeah, I, I, Colin's a head coach. I, I've never doubted that Colin Klein will be a head coach. Just I've doubted when he's quite ready for it to handle all the, all this stuff. Um, and, and again, kind of bringing this full circle, uh, being a great coach or a, a great uh, academic person doesn't mean you're a great leader. It means, you know, you're great at your job that you have now. And somehow that, somehow that makes you elevate to a, a job with completely different responsibilities also that you're completely unproven at. So we'll see how this plays out for Colin and K-State, but Chris Kleiman isn't going anywhere. Uh, I think his next move will be retirement. And is that two, eight, 12 years? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But this whole world of college football has changed radically. In, a, in an imaginary world, would Colin Klein leave being the head coach at Mississippi State to come back to K-State? That's a great question. Um, you know, and again, money and fit. You know, does he – eventually, at some point, the town in which you live begins to feel like home. Um, uh, but, the, you know, that override home. We saw with Brent Venables, uh, he, you know, he, he always fended things off, and this was his alma mater, and, you know, he grew up an hour away in Salina. So you just never know what the future brings. And uh, I'm happy for Colin. Let's be clear. I'm just – I'm overjoyed for him. He finally found a great opportunity, uh, and now he's positioned himself 
uh, to be, you know, a head coach sooner than he would have been out of K-State or at least at a higher level. I think his move out of K-State was, you know, the, the Mountain West or something like that. And now the move out of an SEC coordinator job is a Power 5 job. Yep, I agree. Uh, and maybe a Power 5 job in the SEC. That conference has a history of doing that. Uh, one more thing, Fitz. I, the chances of Will Howard going to A&M feels pretty good to me. They need a quarterback. Theirs got into the portal, too. Uh, well, they're pretty good in their quarterback room. Will Howard is not starved for attention. He has so many options now. I think the problem for Will is deciding all of the, the different options because it's different schools, different systems, different NIL deals. Um, it's, it's insanity what's going on out there. The, the rent a quarterback for a year, uh, as Matt Rule has pointed out, starts at $1.5 million. Um, and that's just pure insanity to me, but go get Not good some for them. bag of cash, Will. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, good for know, them. It's, it's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It I'm, is. I'm overjoyed for Will. That's, that's so cool. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, but, yeah, it, it also really makes it a tough decision because I know that USC, Washington, Oregon, Kentucky, Miami, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, Schools I know of that have come well, Notre Dame originally have contacted him uh, about, you know, being their quarterback with different NIL deals. So we'll see how it plays out. He's, he's got a lot of decisions to make. It makes a it makes a long and hard fought career worth it if you don't make it to the NFL. That's what I like about it. All right, Fitz, drive safe, uh, have fun or not with this uh, situation. Uh, are, are you are you blacklisted? Is that is that where we're at right now? I am 100% rock solid with Kansas State basketball, Kansas State football, and Kansas State athletics. Above that, okay. I, I don't know, but I'm I'm a believer in uh, free speech, journalism, oh, yeah. and uh, apple pie. I like apple Keep pie. Keep fighting. Fight the power there, Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, apple pie. Have some extra. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, we'll continue to follow your work. Go powercat.com, at Life of Fitz on social media. Enjoy it. Be good. We'll talk again next week. Yep. We're having a sale right now. Go PowerCat. Go check it out. All right. There you go. Check it out. Go PowerCat.com. Appreciate it. You can hear their podcast, too, as well, as I learned yesterday on the Odyssey app. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but check it out. There's a lot going on there in Manhattan. Yeesh. All right. We're going to we're gonna you know talk about some other things, maybe, uh, because we do have other things. It's just a really we wacky do? day. I know. I think we just have this. Let's talk about this the rest of the hour. I I mean, we we probably will. Let's be real, because there's more to break out of it. But we'll we'll go to your calls, too. 869-1240. K-State fans, chime in on this. Like, what do you think? Even if you're not a K-State fan, just a neutral observer. What are your thoughts on all of this Naquan Tomlin stuff that happened yesterday? Uh, Also, let's give away another pair of Shocker basketball tickets. Our final pair. Shockers, South Dakota State, Interest Bank Arena. Tip-off 6 o'clock Saturday. You can go... On us. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Uh, It's been a lot today with what's gone on in Manhattan over the last 24 hours. Uh, The Yankees trade for Juan Soto, Tommy, and a little bit of the, well, you know what's odd about this? Juan Soto, a generational talent. Any other offseason, this would be like, headline craziness all of these things 
Yet this offseason, it's like, oh, okay, neat. They traded for Juan Soto. So what's happening with Shohei Otani? Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when you can steal the headlines from the Yankees acquiring Juan Soto, if you need to know about the, you know, the the mystique of Shohei Otani, that, that should tell you all you need to know. The Shohei Otani thing is crazy with the amount of silence and secrecy around the free agency and, and the teams that are potentially pursuing him. And I don't know if you read, there was this big article, media members nationally are really, really, really upset about the way that Shohei Otani's camp has made this whole thing happen. Allegedly, or apparently, and I think it was Buster only from ESPN reported on this or had a column where he was upset about it, that the representatives for Shohei Otani have allegedly told the teams that are in pursuit of Otani that they cannot talk about it at all. And if they do talk about it publicly, that will hurt their chances of signing Shohei Otani. And so there's been this veil of secrecy around it. Dave Roberts from the Dodgers kind of broke it and kind of talked about it. And there was a lot of speculation that that was going to hurt the Dodgers' chances at signing Otani. But nobody really knows. I think they're down to a handful of players, or a handful of teams, that is, to sign Otani, but nobody exactly knows who the front runner is, who it's going to ultimately be. It, it's it's kind of, I mean, it adds to that mystique of who Otani is and what he can bring to a team. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's no doubt about it. And I, it, the Blue Jays have felt like it for me for a little bit. Some of the other Rangers have bowed out now. The Cubs, uh, I think, are a legitimate possibility. Cubs they might are be probably. I mean, they're not going to go out and get Craig Council as their manager and let David Ross go unless there are they are wanting to yeah. take a massive swing at Shohei Otani. I think Toronto makes the most sense. I have for a long time. I thought, well, <sighs> Toronto, Seattle seemed like a long shot because I thought they may be tearing it down, and I think they probably are. The Rangers were a legit possibility. Don't kid yourself. But Toronto makes so much sense because they need it, yeah. right? Like, they've been close. It is an unreal fan base in a huge market that people don't— Like, Toronto's massive, man. And I, I spent some. T- I spent a week there, and that fan base is awesome. And they are, like, they, they are Blue Jay crazy— it's a team that has been trying for a long time to get back to its former glory, and it's a team loaded with young talent, too. So it's not like you bring Shohei in and you're, you know, like, if I'm Shohei and the money's the same, where do I have a better chance, realistically, do I think, to win a World Series? With the Cubs or with the Blue Jays? And I know the Blue Jays play in the division of the gauntlet that is the the AL East, but, man, with all the young talent they have there and, you know, assuming if you're Shohei that you're going to be able to come back and pitch at some point, Toronto does make a lot of sense. It'll give them the best lineup in baseball, probably. Uh, they'll, you know, the Rangers and some others will have – the Astros will have something Yankees to say about that. Yankees maybe they're now that. with Juan Soto. Yeah, uh, but but it'll put you right there. And, and it's a really cool city. Um, I don't think Shohei Otani cares about going to Canada. He's a – you know, he's a he's – a, He's got a. He's not going to be in his home country whether he's playing in the states or in Canada. So what? What difference does it make? You know. Um, so I. I don't know. I. I've always thought Toronto made a lot of sense. I, if I had to bet money on it, and I don't know if there's. I'm sure there's a line on it. I'd bet Toronto, uh, and I would have bet Toronto for. We haven't really talked about it. We haven't really talked about any of the baseball offseason. The Rule Five draft happened. All these things happened. But 
I don't know. It's been interesting, but it just fascinates me that Juan Soto gets traded to the Yankees, and and it's like meh, okay. Well, yeah, and you're you know now you're pairing up Juan Soto with Aaron Judge uh, in that lineup, and you know the one thing that I saw a lot of people talking about after that trade uh, happened was that you've got Yankee Stadium with kind of the short porch and right field, and that's kind of tailor made for Juan Soto's game, and so you could see you know potentially big time. Uh, production from Soto in that lineup with the protection around him. Um, so, I, I mean, I do think it's a good spot. I always hate it when, you know, the Yankees go and do huge blockbuster things. I just, you know, I, I can't stand it. But it made sense. I actually thought uh, last week the Mariners, they sort of unloaded, uh, you know, some players in a, in a salary dump. They traded Jared Kalelnik uh, and a couple of other players. I kind of thought, okay, maybe they're – ramping up their pursuit of Shohei Otani. Maybe they're going to trade for Juan Soto. That hasn't happened. And so, you know, as of now, it's Juan Soto to the Yankees. And, man, who knows where Shohei Otani will end up. It's kind of interesting because I've read all along about what the Angels are doing in wanting to try to retain Shohei Otani. And it kind of seems like their strategy is just crossing their fingers and hoping that he decides he wants to come back. And I, I think that's unlikely. Yeah, no, he ain't coming back to the Angels. No, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll follow it. I think the Blue Jays would be a fun fit. The only thing about it is, you know, he's not going to have the impact off the field as far as like marketability and all that stuff if he goes to Toronto. But I mean, how much of that do you need when you're making six hundred million? I'd love to know. see we'll him see. in Chicago. I would love to see him as a Chicago Cub. Big cool fit, you know. It'd and be a cool and fit. look, at, it'd be good for look at that division. You know, as it stands right now, the Brewers obviously Winnable. they you know they lose Craig Council, um, but it sounds like they're kind of they're in a little bit of a rebuild right now. Rumors are that they could be trading Corbin Burns this off season. The Cardinals are kind of in a rebuild. They were underwhelming last season. You got the Reds who are exciting. They're young, but they're probably a step or two away, I think, from legitimately competing. And then the Pirates are the Pirates. So, I mean, that's a winnable division with Craig Council at manager there. If you pair up him and Shohei, that'd be a lot of fun. It would be. Um, it would be. Well, I, look, Shohei's. I mean, he's he is still this unicorn. Even if he never pitches again, he's going to hit, yeah. right? And I think he will pitch again. It may be a defensive different role, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's it like the entire baseball offseason. And I've heard others say this, and they're right. Like the entire baseball offseason is just like held hostage by this. But I haven't. Pay, I'm. I, I you know I missed that my Rangers signed Kirby a couple of days ago. You know the reliever that could really help them, but. Rule five draft yesterday. We got the we got the Major League Baseball draft order. The Royals get six. Um, I'm not sure what their odds. Where where were their odds at to get like four? I think or three maybe. Uh, but they get six. You got you know two two teams that were long shots to get it in that lottery in Cleveland uh, getting the top pick, which is interesting. I I'm in on the draft lottery. I like it. Um, I do think it will curtail some of the tanking. I think. I hope. Uh, but I do like the lottery. I I, I think that. Um, it will be fun for baseball. Um, anything else in baseball that, that, that that's relevant? No, the I don't Royals know. Took a I couple mean, Rule Five guys. Yeah, but, the only yeah. thing that I'll I'll say about the draft, and this is a different conversation for a different day. I think Major League Baseball has a, a draft issue, and it's not necessarily about the tanking. It's just the level of interest in it because you, you, these teams are drafting players that they're never going to see. Not never going to see, but it's going to be a while before you more than likely see them playing for the major league team so it's hard to really get locked in at least in my opinion for the major league baseball draft maybe outside of the first couple of picks because you know like 
it's going to be a couple years, you know, maybe before you ever see these guys in the big leagues, if at all. But that, but they're never going to be able to solve that problem, right? Like you can't, you can't fix that. That's just that's just. The I'm sport. just saying, I have a hard time locking into it. Just solely. Oh, I have a, yeah, no, but, but nothing they can do. I mean, the lottery will so help. Like you're talking then, about the draft then, lottery, and I'm like, I don't really care. I don't. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I don't. I'm not like I, I care because it could impact, you know, ultimately the team down the road. It's not like I'm like I can't. Maybe, I don't watch it though. Maybe it will. It will. I mean, by the way, and this is a total aside. Did we ever talk about this? I don't know that we did. Just this is like left field. Speaking of the lottery, it had it on my mind. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Everybody hated the Royals draft pick, right? I couldn't stand it. As I'm watching the postseason this year with the Rangers, I had forgotten Evan Carter. You know, the the super, everybody loves Evan yeah. Carter. So if you remember back to the COVID draft, Evan Carter was drafted in a, either in the first or the second round, and the Rangers were railed for that pick. He wasn't even on big boards. So, like, the websites didn't even have him in their top 200 or whatever. Like, that's how out of left field that pick was. And, and I mean, like, worst pick of all time. Who is this? Nobody even knows who it is. He's not even on our list. We don't even have the video queued up for him. We don't have anything. And that's that was Evan Carter, by the way. So, you know, it just maybe a, a you know, ray of sunshine potentially for the Royals if, you know, don't. It's not always. You talk about the uncertainty of the MLB draft. Sometimes, I mean, you never know even if they are supposed to be the best guy. I mean, the Royals and, and the Rangers and many, plenty of others have taken guys that were can't miss sure things that miss all the time. And then Evan Carter ends up being what he is, and he's going to be a star. You know, there's obviously a lot of talent that, you know, they realized in him. But I would also gather that there was some good development of him also, which that's been something the Royals have lacked in their farm system, as we all know, for a so, long time. So have the Rangers. So have the Rangers. But, you know, it just it just as far as picking players, just to your point of how yeah. unpredictable it is and how hard that makes it, that example jumped to the forefront during the postseason. I was like, Evan Carter is the guy that they drafted that nobody had. Like, that. it all, like, came flooding back to me because he'd been a, you know, he, he had elevated through the system for a while, but I had forgotten that too. That yeah, was. and anyway. it looked like you're going to have the NFL draft and the NBA draft and, you know you're going to see a majority of those guys we right away. We know these players, right? Yeah. There are, you know, in the Major League Baseball draft, it could be five years, and you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about that guy. I got, yeah. he, he was drafted half a decade ago, and here he is yeah. finally playing in the big leagues. Like, 
that I have a hard time even paying any attention to the Major League Baseball yeah. draft. And I love baseball. I, t- I love Major yeah, League Baseball, but I have a hard time. I watch that. it because I enjoy it. But yeah, it's not the same. It's not. All right. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, let's do a giveaway here, Jad. Let's do... Um, Jad, what do you want to give away? You pick. What do you want to give away here? What do we need to give away right now? I don't know. Let's say let's say Illuminations. Okay. Illuminations yeah. at Botanica with over 2 million lights. Illuminations has been ranked among the top 10 in light shows across the country. A 62-foot Christmas tree you don't want to miss in the new Candyland storybook Gingerbread House. A pair of tickets right now to Illuminations at Botanica to our first caller to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, uh, welcome back, Sports Daily. Did you see Marquette House, Texas last night? Like the Big Twelve is just crushing it this year for everybody except Marquette. That's pretty, like that's kind of how it's looked to me. Like Mark, it's it's the Big Twelve and it's Marquette apparently because they have they've now beaten Texas and Kansas bad. And you know if you look. Just at the college basketball standings, and you look at the Big 12 right now, you've got still, uh, I mean, give me two seconds. There are a number of unbeaten teams still in college basketball. These are the list of unbeaten teams just in the Big 12. Baylor, Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, TCU, and Cincinnati, Tommy, have not lost games yet. And then you've got Kansas, right? And then you've got Texas, also in that mix, among others who are still going to be really good. Like the Big 12 is off to a great start. The only teams that are not like looking good, like, I mean, like, like very good, are Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Those are the only two teams right now. Everybody else looks good to me. Well, and then by the way, if you add in the teams that will be joining the Big 12 next year, you've got Arizona right now at number one, right. Kansas at number two, and Houston at number three. So you've got boom, 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 Big 12 or future Big 12 teams all in the top three. Marquette, you mentioned last night beating Texas. That was a good bounce back for them. They lost by 11 to Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, And so that was good. You know, a team that had been around the top five in the top five, uh, they had dropped down to number eight after the loss to Wisconsin. That was a good bounce back for them by not only beating Texas, but dominating Texas by 21. Man, man, just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Tyler Kolek, uh, by the way, um, I, I don't know if he's going to get the recognition as one of the top players in the country. I don't know if he's on. I haven't looked at like Naismith watch lists and things like that. I know you've got players like Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady and others that are probably on that list. If Tyler Kolek isn't on the list for Marquette, he should be. I mean, he he's looked incredible this season. By the way, Wisconsin's good. Like, they're real good. They are. They've, they've made me a little bit of money. They keep getting under undervalued i think in the college basketball space we we're we're in this weird gap i don't like it uh we're in a weird gap here uh without games until saturday right i don't think any of the three play until saturday and i don't like it that's the one problem with early week games is you have this big gap in you between. got a you got a big ku missouri border war at allen Fieldhouse on saturday to look forward to yeah ku's gonna crush him ku's okay. gonna crush him all right yeah I, I, we don't have that line yet i i think ku's gonna crush him they, they play well. They play up to the—and I don't know how good Missouri is. I thought Missouri looked fine against Wichita State. 
Um, I think that they're going to be an okay team. I think they're a borderline tournament team, and I think KU is going to smash them this weekend. I just at Allen Fieldhouse? You kidding? Like that? That place is going to be nuts. And KU, like it's easy for KU to get up for that game. They're they're going to roll in that game. Well, they rolled uh, against the Tigers in Columbia a year ago, if memory serves. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win by forty or whatever right. it was. Yeah. but but they're gonna they're gonna beat them again. I mean, I don't. I, I'm pretty confident there, and we'll see what the line is. My guess, I would guess that line ends up at 12 and a half. Probably. I still don't know if I would take that. Not that I have. I wouldn't take. Not that I don't have confidence in the in the Jayhawks against Missouri, but we talked yesterday about the struggles that the Jayhawks have in covering a number, and you know, they're, well, they're, in covering they're a number four, against four bad five, teams. But in general, they're four and five against the spread this season, and they're nine games. You know, they're under. Well, they would have covered it against. Spread. They would have covered it against Tennessee and UConn and Kentucky, though. So, you know, like the 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 big-time games they have played is when they have really stepped up. How, how by the way, Naquan Tomlin can play at once he graduates right away. He hadn't played this year. You think Kansas would have any interest there? Um, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I would. I would, absolutely. Um. I think that things would burn down if Naquan Tomlin went to the University of Kansas. Uh, let me just leave it at that. Let me say this. It's a fit. It makes sense. And it's easy, right? And if Naquan Tomlin now has a bone to pick, which of course he will, and it why would be, not? It would be the greatest troll job in the history of troll jobs from the University of Kansas to their rivals to the West. You know what KU could use? A fifth starter uh, that can play defense, maybe some length, right, that can create offensively. Hmm. Interesting. We'll uh, we'll take a look at that uh, as as we progress. He's going to play somewhere, I think. I hope. God, I hope he does. Uh, so we'll, 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 keep, we'll just keep it. Just, you know, just, just something to ponder out there. 869-1240, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up tell you what's on tap next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.